Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Could you imagine not talking to somebody for three years because of chips? We'll get to that in a bit, but first, use building funds to host a private party? Now host everyone. This is still fresh. My building super is a right jerk. He and his wife have only been managing the building for 18 months, but we've all had it. They've let this power get to their head, to the point where there's always multiple signs around the building warning about something. They've questioned me about what I'm doing. I took a couple of months off last year to recover from something, and he outright asked me, are you working? They're absolute busybodies. I had a guy over, and then the following week was getting my carpets cleaned by a young guy. The building super thought I was doing both and came over to ask me who this guy was like my father. Even if I was hooking up with both of them, none of his business. They watch us on cameras and monitor what we do. Friend got a puppy and within five minutes had a text from the super, re-puppy, so they definitely watch. Anyway, they regularly have these lame little parties that are always so exclusive. I've recently found out that they're using building funds to pay for them. This year's early Xmas party is to be fully catered. I declined the invite because these parties look boring at best, but I am 100% not okay with the entire building paying for this stupid party. I think if you're going to use building funds, you better invite the whole building. I don't work 12 hours a day to subsidize this. Neither does anyone else. I've also noticed that these parties always have the white people. We have a diverse community, and yet nobody of color is ever invited. My terrace overlooks the courtyard, so I know exactly who attends and who they're chummy with. Hint, it's a pretty specific demographic. Frankly, I've had enough of him and his BS. So I downloaded the invite, made 150 copies, and had a friend put one in everyone's letterbox overnight. Now, as people RSVP, I can enjoy watching him lose his mind. Not sure what the outcome will be. This many people getting invited surely will raise a red flag to some of the other residents. As to how this will be funded, as previous smaller parties could fly under the radar. So now he'll either need to fork out from his own pocket or cancel the party. Sorry not sorry. I think OP is doing the right thing here by telling all of these people, hey, they're using some of your extra funds to throw a party that you're not even invited to. I agree that everybody had a right to be at that party at the very least. Also, hi. I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, put milk in my coffee? Enjoy the aftermath. I'm slightly lactose intolerant, milk gives me horrid gas. And today, my cousin put whole milk in my coffee when I wasn't looking. It took about an hour for the bubble guts to start, and at that point we were in our car heading to a family gathering, three hours away. It's been fairly cold, so she didn't want the car windows down. I spend most of the car ride letting silent but violent air biscuits that made the whole car smell like a Woodstock porta potty. 
She thought an animal had died in her air vents. Considering they did put that in your coffee when you weren't looking, is there some satisfaction you take away from this, letting those go, knowing they're inhaling that stuff? Depending on how you look at it, was their fault to begin with? Like, would you still feel ashamed of it, or would you be like, yeah, you deserve this? Our next story is, maybe you shouldn't have talked to me that day. Back during my senior year of high school, my boyfriend cheated on me with a girl who was supposed to be a friend of mine. She was the younger sister of another member of our friend group, but we got along fairly well. I gave him a second chance. Knowing that avoiding her was going to be impossible, my one condition was that he couldn't be alone with her. Things seemed to be okay for a couple of months, until he got into a car accident and she was the only passenger in his car. I ended it right then and there. The girl, I'll call her C, started skipping a school a lot to spend her days with him. He had graduated the year before. When she got in trouble for it, she tried to claim that she was afraid that I was going to beat her up. I wound up getting called to the headmaster's office to have a discussion with Mr. B. I asked him if she had been in school every day the week before, and he said no. Well, I'd been on vacation with my family the week before, and she was aware of it, so no. I wasn't the reason she was skipping school. I promised Mr. B that I had no intention of beating her up, but that I was going to get my revenge if the opportunity ever presented itself. Well, two months later, opportunity came knocking. I was sitting outside with a friend during lunch. Guess who came up to talk to me? If you guessed C, you would be correct. Mr. B also happened to be outside and was keeping an eye on us to make sure a fight didn't break out. I looked at C and I could tell she was high as a kite, which is why she had the nerve to try and speak to me as if nothing was wrong. She turned away from me for a second to say something to someone else, and when she turned back, I asked her what was on the back of her jacket. She took it off to see what I was talking about. They said, I don't see anything. I say, you can't see that stain? They say, no, I don't see anything. Me, as incredulous as I could sound, that stain is huge. I can't believe you don't see it. If you don't believe me, go ask Mr. B. Did I mention she was really high? Well, she goes to ask Mr. B, who told her there was nothing on her jacket. She then goes inside. Mr. B looked at me, shook his head, and quietly laughed as he walked into the school. Half an hour later, I was sitting in class. C got called to Mr. B's office and wound up getting suspended for two weeks. What I'm failing to understand here is, even if they were, like, pretty high, you know, to the point where they were convinced enough to go there and ask about the stain on the back of their jacket, that alone shouldn't justify a suspension, right? It's not like they have an immediate drug test or something. I guess if you know, you know. Our next story is, don't want to help your coworkers during a busy time? Have fun sorting out your own mess. Six months ago, I worked part-time at a university retail store as I was a grad student and had to make money somehow. Also note that I'm the only male retail associate working amongst 12 female retail associates. Almost all of them are nice, but there's this one girl who dislikes me for some unknown reason. By default, I've treated my coworkers with courtesy, but that courtesy was never returned to me by this girl, who we'll call B. During May, our university has a commencement ceremony for all graduates, and the university retail store where I work is in charge of handling all graduation regalia. Since there were many boxes of regalia arriving at the store, my manager had a all hands on deck because she needed all the help she got. So naturally, I'm there with some of my coworkers, making sure all the boxes are organized so we don't mix up all the graduation robe orders we received from students. 
For the uninitiated, regalia is specific for bachelor, masters, and doctoral degrees. While bachelor and master degree regalias are pretty simple, doctoral regalias are complex, as the tassels and hoods are specifically color-coded according to every doctoral candidate's major. While we were doing this, B decides not to help and chit-chats with a few of her friends who had walked in the store. Since we were pretty busy, I approached B and asked her if she could help us arrange all of the boxes. She replied, I'm a little busy right now catching up with my friends. I'll come help you when I'm done. The way she said it was condescending and it rubbed me the wrong way. I wanted to explode on her in front of her friends, but managed to keep my cool and walked back to the area and explained it to my coworkers that we shouldn't expect B's help yet. The coworkers started saying that B needs to act according to her wage, as she's not a manager but our coworker. And as we were getting back to work, a neat little idea popped into my head. Insert sly Grinch smile. Cue my petty revenge. Since most of my coworkers were helping with the boxes, I suggested that we should split up the boxes in batches so they can be easier to tackle. When they all agreed, most of my co-workers, including myself, assigned ourselves to sorting either the bachelor's or master's degrees regalias. And you guessed it, I left the sorting of all doctoral candidates regalia to be. As an icing on the screw you cake, I got my manager's signature on the sorting list, making it official and proceeded to put it up on the employee pin board. When B strolls back to where we were working on the boxes, all co-workers inform her that she's working on the doctoral candidate's regalia boxes. Also, due to the extra stuff inside these boxes, they're fragile and need to be handled carefully. Out of the corner of my eye, I see B trying to shepherd the box in its right place. She gets through with two boxes, and while she's trying to get three boxes in position at the same time, all three boxes split from the bottom and all the regalia spills out on the floor. Now, remember when I said doctoral regalia is complex and every graduation robe is paired with their individual tassel and hood of specific color? It all gets mixed together, and B is freaking out. When she asks us to come help sort it, I turn to her and I say in a calm voice, We'll come help you when we're done. Legend says that she's still trying to sort through all that regalia by herself. You gotta love this moment when multiple people have a common enemy and you all quickly get together and assume the revenge position. They all just went together and were like, yes, this list is perfect. Quickly, push it to the manager, get them to sign off on it. B is going to be screwed. It's like you're working at a pet store and everybody else agrees to take all the easy jobs and leaves B with the job of scooping poop up. Our next story is, I'll get to the restaurant first. My middle daughter, Claire, has a frenemy, Emma, who is obsessed with a local Mexican fast casual restaurant, The Costal Life, and was so excited that we were getting one a few blocks away. Emma was bragging about how she was invited to the early opening to friends and family and how she was going to be the first one in line, etc. My oldest daughter's friend, Bree, works at the new Costal Life and was at our house saying they're doing a training and needed three to five volunteers the night before the friends and family night to prepare for the full service. Well, Claire volunteered and went to help out, making sure to post to all the socials about the new Costal Life and her experience being one of the first to eat there, saying how she's so sad she's not invited to the friends and family night the next day. Oh, how nice of Claire to go ahead and make sure everything is just absolutely picture perfect for their new friend who was so excited to go the next day. Our next story is, well that stinks, 
I owned a condo and lived on the top floor. I had neighbors that were very loud. They had two kids and they let them bang on the adjoining walls all day long sometimes. They also let the kids leave tons of toys on our front steps. You would think they would complain to the HOA, but nope, he was treasurer of the HOA. But I did complain anyway with no response. Soon after the complaint, they started slamming their front door when they went out. I'll back up here and say that I worked 12-hour shifts from 8pm till 8am, so I was a day sleeper. Well, sometimes they slammed the door so hard, I would have pictures of mine fall off the wall. I confronted him a few times and his answer was, well, he'll let his wife know and ask her to keep the kids calmed down on the days I worked. Very long story short, after living this way for three years, I decided to sell. We were not allowed to sublet. For whatever reason, my unit had access to the attic from inside one of my bedroom closets. Well, my unit sold. I lost money because of the down market, but I just wanted to get out. The day before closing, I went fishing. I did good, got my limit of trout and also snagged two or three creek suckers, all about 12 inches. I gutted the trout, kept the guts along with the suckers. You guessed it, I went into the attic. I waited till they went out. Yeah, the slamming door was a clue. I placed a fish near one of the electrical junction boxes that was above their bedroom. Then, above the bathroom and kitchen wall, I found it open for the mechanicals. The vent line, etc. So, I dropped the rest of the guts and fish down in. They dropped about 8 feet down to the floor level between the kitchen and bathroom. I wish I knew how it ended. I don't know how it ended, but I can imagine it sure did stink like the title of this story goes. Just imagine no matter what you do every single time you walk into your bedroom or the kitchen or the bathroom, it just reeks of rotting fish guts. I guess it's not a crazy assumption to go, you know, maybe something did get into the wall and died, but god forbid I'd hate to be in the position of needing to get that cleaned up. This next story is, my company let me go. So I left behind a little landmine. I was let go from my job a couple of months ago for stylistic differences. The CEO wanted a micromanager running my department, and I tried to be a supervisor who empowers and listens to the employees. Oh well, these things happen. I supervised about 14 people, including three who had a specific license, which made them the most highly paid team members, J, K, and L. J was a man who was a bit dishonest. I'd been gathering information about his dishonesty with which to fire him and made $80 an hour. L was a new employee who was in danger of being let go or failing to learn her job. She made $75 an hour. K was much better at her job than the other two with more experience. Things would have fallen apart without her. K was paid $65 an hour. So on my way out, I let K know what the other two less valuable employees were being paid. I suggested she demand $85 an hour or walk. I don't know what happened after this, as I'm not in contact with anyone who would know. I like to think it annoyed the leadership. I just hope that Kay was the kind of person that, armed with this knowledge, was the kind of one to go to management and, you know, demand to be paid what they're worth. These people who hold things together are in... Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. 
With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Valuable and should be paid, honestly, maybe even more than they usually get in most situations. Our next story is, don't mess with my soda. This happened many years ago when I worked in a factory. I used to sit with three guys every day for lunch. Most of the time it was a bag lunch or something from the food truck and a soda from the soda machine. One day I went to heat up my bag lunch at the microwave. I'd already opened my soda. When I came back, I went to take a drink of my soda and found clumps in it. One of the guys at the table was laughing hysterically. Seems he thought it was funny to put popcorn in my soda. I was pissed. I wasn't in the mood for his humor. Here's the revenge part. A couple days later, I went to the store and bought four full-size Milky Way candy bars. I got a syringe from my diabetic father and filled it with Tabasco sauce. I proceeded to shoot one of them full, but you couldn't see any holes. The next day, I told the other two guys what I was up to. At lunch, I took out the candy bars and gave them to the guys as a treat for being good guys. When the jerk bit into his, his face told the whole story. Holy cow, did we laugh. This was before cell phones, so no video. At that point, he said that he'll never mess with anyone's food ever again. I'm just imagining a reality where somehow this is like the discovery of a lifetime for this guy, where they find out they really loved their candy bars filled with Tabasco sauce, and it was like the greatest invention known to man, and OP just ended up doing this guy a huge favor. Our next story is, steal my groceries? I'll steal your pizza. I lived in an apartment complex. A month back, my mother ordered a box of groceries worth about $60. Eggs, veggies, some meat and such. It was delivered to the wrong address, to another apartment building with the same number as me. My mother got a photo of the box at their doorstep and a notification that it was delivered. It took less than five minutes for the guy inside to swipe the box of groceries and hide them inside his home. My mother confronted him about it, but he denied everything, and we didn't get our groceries back. Tonight, that same dude ordered two pizzas and some subs, and it was delivered to our door. Since he stole all of our groceries that day, we kept the pizza for dinner tonight. The pizza was worth $24 in total, not even half the worth of the box of groceries he stole, but still, it's a small victory. 100% this is where you go and you take those empty pizza boxes, Preferably filled with like used napkins and plates and stuff. Make sure it has their address sticker still on it because most of those pizza boxes do. And you leave them right in front of their door. If they try to come over and complain, their address and their name should be on the box. Our next story is petty but satisfied. This happened years ago and it's very petty. The day I found out my now ex-husband had a girlfriend is the day I threw him out. I called him at work, told him to get his stuff and get out. He came in her car, packed most of his stuff and said, I need at least two dressers. Clean them out while I'm gone. I'll be back in an hour. Excuse me? So I did. I cleaned out the two dressers he liked best. I then carried them to the front steps and kicked them down. The concrete steps. They only had minor damage. 
So I hauled them back up. My dear friend who lived next door was laughing hysterically at this point and punted those things as hard as I could. They shattered beautifully. Big, giant, completely unusable and unfixable messes. I'm talking splinters. I went back inside and waited. I waved at both their scowling faces when they slowly drove by a little while later. Very minor, extremely petty, totally made me smile on a day I really needed a smile. I'm just glad for OP's sake that this wasn't a situation where they got hostile considering they went and broke it. At least they let it be. Maybe it was their shame that let them just drive off. Our next story is, park too close to my driveway during a snowstorm? Enjoy digging out your car? I live in the upper Midwest, and as most people that watch the weather know, we've had significant amounts of snowfall starting Thursday, and where I am, it's expected to continue through tomorrow. One of my neighbors, I'm not certain who, otherwise I would have spoken to them, has been parking closer to my driveway than allowed by ordinances of the city we live in. Ordinance says no closer than 3 feet to the curb line change. During the summer, no big deal. Sometimes it was difficult to get enough space to get my trash and recycle out to the road and still have room to get out of the driveway, but I made it work. Because I know we get large amounts of heavy snow, I put a reflector in the right of way so I know about where a smallish sapling is, so I make sure not to pile up the chunks of road ice. And I figured I'd be helpful to people parking on the road and put it at the three foot mark. Friday morning, after over a foot of snow has fallen, I head out to go to work And this car is well past the three-foot mark. In fact, their front tire is past the three-foot mark. Another neighbor is parked across the street, and because they have a very narrow street, it makes for a fun time getting my car out. At work, I decide that if I can't figure out who they are, I'll have to report them to get a ticket using my city's online app. My day passes, and when I get home, the car hasn't moved. I check the app, and nothing's been noted. This morning I get up early because I have to clear all the snow from my sidewalk before someone decides to report it as not cleared, another ordinance thing, and lo and behold they still have not moved. This means the plows can't get near enough to my curb to clear some of the snow, so I'm left with half the street in front of my driveway not cleared of any snow. Well, I still want to get out of my driveway without getting stuck, so that snow has to go somewhere, and I'm not walking it all around that car to get it into the right of way. So I just shoveled it all right up against the front of the car and driver's side door of their car. As of right now, there's another car parked behind them, so I don't think they'll be able to back away to get around it. Honestly, considering the circumstances OP described here, if somebody parks in front of your house, it snows fairly heavily, and they still haven't moved after like an entire day, I feel like you have justification enough to start shoveling some of that snow in the direction of that car. If you gotta deal with their car in the tight space, I think that makes it fair game. Our next story is, got the silent treatment for three years for salting chips, which called for petty revenge. One day, about 13 years ago, my uncle, male 62 now, stopped talking to me, female 38 now, and I was absolutely dumbfounded and clueless as to why. We used to communicate multiple times a week and were very close. This was next level silent treatment and uncomfortable during family encounters, confusing everyone. Then about three years later, I found out from his adult children that the reason he stopped talking to me was because I had salted a basket of chips at a restaurant and he was on a low salt diet due to a medical condition. 
Mind you, he hid it from everyone, but I was expected to be a mind reader. The crime was that I'm not a thoughtful person because I allegedly salted the chips on purpose in his eyes. The real unfortunate aspect about this was that one, had I known about his condition, I wouldn't have salted the chips, and two, had he indicated that he couldn't have salt on them after I salted them, they came out fresh and unsalted, I would have gotten up and gone and asked for a new basket of chips for him. Unfortunately, the punishment did not fit the crime, and I got the grade A silent treatment for three years. We finally made up, but didn't discuss the event until about a year ago and that's a great story for probably another community however he is the king of petty revenge so it's only appropriate that he receives just punishment as well one of his favorite rants in life is being stuck on group texts when the convo should be just between two people i decided i'd slow launch a group text hijack campaign and take it up a notch by strategically throwing him on group threads that contain at least one Android user so that he's not able to leave the conversation. I've been doing this several times a year for a solid 10 years and going strong. I think it may actually be habitual now. Not a thing he can do to stop it, and he has no idea that it's a consequence of his actions. Who salted the chips is also now the family joke that he gets to relive. If he's mad at something, someone says... What do they do, salt the chips? I gotta be honest, having read all of these stories for a long time, them giving them the silent treatment for three years over this might just be the most pettiest thing I've ever read. This guy really allowed the earth to go three times around the freaking sun without ever talking to their family because they innocently put some salt on their fries. Our next story is, hotel guest demanded compensation for lack of parking spaces on site. I obliged her request. Background, I'm the general manager at a small boutique property in Brisbane, Australia. On sold out weekends, our already limited parking becomes even more limited. The guest and her husband arrive early evening. Car park is already full, so they park in front of the front door to check in, locking other vehicles in. The check-in is not eventful. I rattle off my spiel and hand the guest her keys. The guest walks off, then stops all of a sudden. As she turns to face me again, I know that she's about to complain about something. We all know the pose. Eyes widen as they ready themselves to plead her case as the point and wiggle their index finger in the air at shoulder height. Game on. Guest says, you need more parking spots. There's not enough for 40 rooms. Your car park is already full. I reserved a space. I said, I'm sorry, ma'am, but our parking is on a first-come, first-served basis. We don't reserve spaces. If the car park is full, all of the on-street parking is free. She says, well, there should be 40 spaces for all 40 rooms. Side note, we have 12 spaces at the front of our property, which stretches from the street to our front entrance. Local council regulations state that we only need one space per four rooms. We beat those regs by two. I said, I understand your frustrations, Mrs. Nitpicker, but our plans to construct an underground parking garage has been delayed due to the COVID-induced shovel shortage. Not a shovel to be found within 100 kilometers. It should be dug out and fully operational by the time our city hosts the Olympics in 2032, though. She says you should extend your car park until then so every room has an assigned space. I think we should be given a discount for no parking. I say the owner did consider just knocking this place down completely and making it into a public car park. 
but then he realized he would have no rooms left for our guests, which would lower our property rating, so we decided to keep things as they are for the time being. She says, and the discount I asked for? I type away furiously whilst umming and aahing for dramatic effect. I say, I've applied the discount to your folio. I've calculated the total amount it'll cost you to park on the street for your seven-day stay and have deducted that amount from your bill. Is there anything else I can help you with, ma'am? She huffs and gives me a smug smile. Well, I should think so. The guest walked off. As I stated earlier, street parking is free 24-7. Her total discount was $0.00. She never noticed. Sometimes your goal is just to make them feel like they're getting a good deal. Sometimes just make them feel like they've won, even though they haven't done anything. That said, our final story of the day is drank a beer so I wouldn't be forced to babysit for my aunt. My aunt, now 40 years old, has three kids under the age of 10. At every family gathering, I, 23-year-old male, become the de facto babysitter despite me not wanting to so the adults can drink. It was her birthday dinner yesterday and my mom promised me that I wouldn't have to babysit and that the kids would be at a friend's house. The first step I take into their home is greeted by two ear-splitting screams about how much the kids missed me and one toddler yodeling. I immediately realize I might have been lied to. Normally I don't drink, a huge lightweight, but since this was a special occasion, I'd made some plans. So my aunt enters the hall to greet my mom while I reach into my backpack and walk into the living room and crack one out of two 12% Viking beers I special ordered for me and my uncle. He likes weird beer. And we start drinking. About three minutes later, my aunt sees the can and starts screaming at me for drinking while watching the kids. I only hear distant screaming. I repeat my mom's promise and she calls me the R word when they're clearly staying here. So I reach out my hand and say, 200 bucks for emergency babysitting and I won't finish this beer. She says, heck no. So I chug the half liter can to the loud cheers and laughs from my dad and uncle. When I'm done, I say, birth happy day, mommy sister, with a burp, with my mom just looking hugely embarrassed for my aunt. My designated driver dad ends up watching them the entire night instead. I think he might schedule a vasectomy soon. You know, if you really do want to figure out whether or not you truly want kids, spending some time in a babysitter type role is actually great. I guess you could call it research. Bonus points if those kids are more than a handful. Because let's be real, even if you have kids and you try your best to raise them the best way possible, some kids are just going to be rambunctious regardless. You want to find something out about yourself? Try to take care of a wild child for a day or two. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear some more awesome stories of revenge, why not check out that video on the left? Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.